This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My freshman year, I mean, I was knocked on my ass in that game. That was a brutal game to have to go through, just the embarrassment of it. I mean, they made us suffer in that game. I was the last line of defense. They were throwing lobs and dunking it. I couldn't make a shot. I mean, I was dreadful in that game, and I had to suffer uh, the humiliation of it, you know, in front of 20 million people, which wasn't easy to handle as a young person. And, you know, I, I worked my ass off in the offseason to get better. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. We're up to episode 257 of the original Side Hustle, and we're kicking off March with a March Madness legend, a two-time national champ at Duke, a member of one of the most iconic basketball families ever, and the current head coach at Arizona State. You know who I'm talking about, Bobby Hurley. If you have caught any hoops over the past three decades, then you know Bobby Hurley. And he's not just a college hoops legend. His Sun Devils are fresh off a legendary buzzer-beating win over their arch rivals from Tucson. So let's get right at it. It is episode 257 with Arizona State men's basketball coach Bobby Hurley. And it's coming at you right now. So, Bobby, first things first, it has been a minute or maybe even two. It is great to have you on the podcast Thank you very much for making time. Bobby, how you doing? Doing well. It's been, uh, obviously, we're in the home stretch here of this season and uh, just enjoying it. Uh, you know, having a good year, coming off a big win uh, Saturday at Arizona, which is uh, one of the most hostile places you could play a game and uh, not very well liked there. So it was, uh, you know, a great victory and we, we got 20 wins and uh, just having a, having a solid season. All right, so this is all good stuff. Now I'm going to turn this thing on its head. You know I'm going to ask you about that. That was such a dramatic win. You're in a great spot. you got a great week coming up here in Los Angeles. But before we do that, because it's been a minute or two, let's just get caught up for a second. As an example, it's been a tough couple of years, Bobby, I think for a lot of people, almost for everybody. What have the last couple of years been like for you? Well, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a struggle, and, and certainly I, I want to keep things in perspective because there was uh, – you know, just with COVID and, and everything, there was a lot of suffering and people lost loved ones. And, and uh, you know, so I was kind of fortunate on that side to not be impacted that way. But it, from a professional standpoint, just kind of navigating that whole thing was, uh, was a lot. You know, it was just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, testing and protocols and uh, contact tracing and who's going to play and who can't play. And it was just... Uh, not really having a lot of time to practice. I think our, you know, our program kind of took a step back uh, during COVID. I'm probably not the best coach for, for COVID for sure uh, going through that. And then we've had some other changes in our world with the, the transfer portal and, you know, the opportunities for, you know, for players to, to transfer now freely. And, and we have name, image and likeness, which is another, you know, layer uh, for, for coaches to work through um, in my world. But otherwise, man, I'm, uh, I love it out here. I'm out on the West Coast. Uh, Arizona's beautiful this time of year. It's, uh, 
such a great place to live and and uh, life is good. All right. So there's so many really interesting things you just said that I could follow up on. But let me ask you this. I'm ahead of you, brother. So I got a few years on you. I'm curious. Take me back when you turned 50. What was that like for you? And not that you have any fear, but did that freak you out a little bit? Yeah, I would say like the week before I was really like kind of out of it and uh, I was dreading it and it was, uh, you know, I was moody and uh, just I, I it, it's a tough it was tough to give up the 40s, man. It's like you feel like you're on on a decline or, or something. Uh, once you hit that number, it's more of a psychological number. And then you got to go get some tests done that you, you probably don't want to ever have to do. So um, that that also was associated with that with that 50 number. Um, so, but yeah, I've, uh, I think I'm over that now and, uh, just moving on. It's interesting. Like I'm on this super reinvention kick and man, it's hard. It's hard. Right. So I'm curious, like, do you think that you can reinvent and transform yourself completely? Or is it more of just a matter of, you just want to improve and you want to keep getting better and you want to evolve? Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I want to, uh, I want to enjoy my life and, and, and my family and, uh, just, uh, you know, getting a chance to spend time with them as much as possible. And, uh, you know, my son is, is a walk on, on the team. So I have him around quite a bit in practices and when I travel and, um, you just have a greater appreciation and try and take advantage more of your life. And, uh, I feel like I'm at the point where I want to accomplish a lot of things professionally and and I'm going to fight very hard to try and get those things done. And, I've had a, a lot of battles in this game, you know, as a player and as a coach now, and I've, you know, gone toe to toe with some of the best coaches in the game and uh, out here on the West coast. And, uh, and, and I feel like I'm kind of in my prime and we haven't really had great seasons the last two, but we're, we're kind of put together a, a you know, a solid year this year. And uh, I'm excited to get better in those ways. You've got 20 wins. You're playing good ball. You're coming off one of your best wins ever. You mentioned your son. Bobby, I mean, you come from a great basketball family, of course. What's it like having your son on the team? It's super cool. It's like, you know, we, we've watched so many games together, uh, you know, over the years. Just, uh, you know, we're, we're big fans of the game, whether it's pro or college. And, um, you know, so it's like, it's like having another assistant coach, really. It's, and he's kind of like a, a psychologist too, because he, he knows all my quirks and he knows how anxious I get like the day before the game, day of the game, how stressed that he's, he's able to, to maybe crack a joke or do something to, to help, you know, put my mind at ease. And, you know, we like to go to dinner. Like we'll go to dinner the night before a game on the road and stuff. It's part of my kind of like my routine, but uh, he's awesome, man. Me and him are, it's, I would say it's more like a, a friendship than even father and son. It's, it's just a really cool relationship. I think that shit is so cool. I think that's awesome. I love hearing that. What about your daughters? What are they up to? What do they do? Yeah, my daughters, my uh, oldest is uh, living up in New Jersey and she's, she's working, she's working there and uh, graduated from Duke and is getting married in June. So, uh, you know, that's a big one. I got to, I'm, I'm paying for there, but it's, uh, she's, uh, she's excited about it. She's, uh, you know, doing a lot of planning uh, for that event. So we're looking forward to that. My middle daughter, uh, she uh, graduated from ASU and, and got her master's there. And uh, she's also working and she's out actually in, uh, in California in Orange County working. 
Really? Not far from us. That's great. You know, I'm in Orange County. Our studio is in Orange County. I live in Orange County. We've raised our family in Irvine, so that's awesome. It's a great spot. Bobby, you... That's where she's working. That's cool. Yeah, my, uh, I actually have a, a place there as well. I, uh, I jumped in a few years ago, so uh, that's, uh, I'm in, uh, in uh, Capistrano Beach. Oh, okay. See, this is a whole thing now. Like, we're going to be empty nesters soon, and we're in Irvine, and my wife, you know, her entire circle of trust, her whole family, like, my, my wife's got a friend group, Bobby, like, you wouldn't believe. Like, everybody uh -huh. loves and adores her, and I'm like, you know what? Irvine's been great. We raised our kids. I want to move south. I want to hit San Juan Cap. I want to hit San Clemente, yeah. maybe Dana. Yeah. She doesn't want to go down there. Help me sell this. How do you like San Juan Cap? Oh, man, it's just, it's so chill. And, and for the level of stress and pressure that we both have and, and stuff, and just uh, to be able to go there and stare at the ocean and just get that ocean breeze and the weather's always great. It's uh, it's such a relief, you know, to have a chance to, to get there when I can. So it's, uh, I love it. It's not too far from Del Mar. I've snuck over there a couple of times. So it's been, uh, it's a great thing for me, just, just especially where I am now in Arizona. I absolutely love it. And and by the way, as you know, it's not Newport. It's not Laguna. It's nice and it's pricey, but it's not those things. So you, yeah. wh wh whether you want to see me or not, we're going to have to hook up. We got to at least have yeah. a cup of coffee or a pop down there. Oh, yeah. You know, I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel. From an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Here's what I'm trying to say. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And thanks to 24-7 help, an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E Rome. So, awesome. One more thing before we talk about ball. You actually had, you allowed yourself an actual vacation and not like to San Juan Cap, but a real vacation. You and your wife went to Greece. In fact, I don't know if you took the whole family. My wife and I have always wanted to go, have never been there. What was Greece like? Greece was, uh, was such a chill place. And, uh, we, we, uh, we started in Athens, which, uh, <clears throat> was, was, I mean, they have the Olympic stadium there where they had the first Olympics and, me and I'm, you know, I'm very active. I, I like to still work out and stuff regularly. And so me and my daughter ran around the track there and wow, uh, dude, you know, cool. saw some really cool sights in Athens. And then, but the best part of it was just 
moving around and, and, and touching all the islands, you know, uh, Mykonos was outstanding, uh, very lively place, uh, beautiful beaches. Um, Santorini had uh, unbelievable views, just, you know, cliffside views, of the ocean. And I don't know, I just felt like I could blend in and not be noticed. There was only one guy from Chicago that came up to me and he, uh, you know, he remembered me as a player and it was cool, but otherwise it was, it was just, you could move around and the ferries take you all these different islands. And it was, it was a great escape, especially, you know, after COVID and not being able to, to really go anywhere for a couple of years. So Bob, I'm curious, like on vacation, what do you like? I mean, do you spend a couple hours in the morning on basketball or can you literally put it away for the entire day, for a week, for a week and a half? Like, how did you approach that? What do you do about business when you take a trip like that? Yeah, it was uh, like our, uh, our seniors graduated. We had graduation like May 7th. We graduated a little bit earlier and, um, so the guys go home for a few weeks and then we start up our summer program in June. So I usually go the last like week and a half or two weeks in May. Uh, and we were able to put the whole roster together by that time with the transfer portal. And, uh, so once I was able to go, I was kind of free and clear and it was like, you know, one last getaway before, you know, you kind of roll up your sleeves and, and get to work, you know, for the summer and starting to prepare for the season. So, but it was really good to disconnect. You got to have time. You got to have enough balance in your life that you could go and freely spend time with, uh, with your family. But I, you know, periodically checked in with the players, seeing how they were doing as I was over there. And, and my assistant coaches did a great job of leaving me alone when, uh, when at all possible. All right. So I appreciate that. So we're caught up. So talk to me about Arizona, for instance, as a player, as a coach, you've been in the most hostile environments and arenas. Like you said, they don't love you there. And of course they wouldn't. I mean, this is a major, I'm a West coast guy. I understand the nature of the rivalry between these two schools. And I don't think people on the East coast or even the Midwest understand how bitter it can get between Arizona state and Arizona. How hostile an environment is McHale? center i mean it was it, it was nuts and it was uh you know it was, it was such a lively uh environment um you know like i said i mean i got booed as soon as they announced my name as the head coach of arizona state it was it was a really loud boo i've had some some epic encounters there over the years and i'm not you know i'm not the type of coach that's just gonna sit there and not move and you know, i'm pretty demonstrative and i'm not sure they always like that too much um but it was, uh, you know, it was a war out there. I mean, they, it was a high-level game. I thought both teams were making shots and playing well. And it was a game that ended up 89-88. And, you know, we're one of the better defensive teams in the country. And they're one of the best offensive teams in the country. And, you know, who was going to win that battle? Well, it, you know, the game demanded that we score the appropriate amount of points. And our guys stepped up. And it was... Uh, you know, I, I haven't been a part of maybe I was thinking about this just on Sunday reflecting and there may be four games that that were more dramatic for me than that game. And it was probably the two national championships, our win over Kentucky and and beating UNLV in the semifinals. And then like after that, this is probably like number five and it's, you know, close and and. And, and just how you felt after that game because you know how hard it was and all you had to go through to get it done. Listen, given your life in basketball and your pedigree, I think that's an, an incredible statement to make, and I believe you. And I think the game was that intense. So take me through the last 2.9 seconds. You've got Arizona fans, and you know they're ready to party. They think they've won that game already. You don't have a timeout. You don't have the personnel grouping probably that you would ordinarily want on the floor. What were you looking to do, and what happened after you inbounded the ball? 
Well, it's, uh, you know, a part of you feels d- defeated and, and in my job, I, I, I have to get away from that feeling instantly. So, you know, we had a good possession. We missed a fairly open three by one of our best players. So we got the type of shot we wanted to get and uh, it didn't go in and they got the rebound obviously and were fouled and it wasn't looking good at that point. But uh, I knew I didn't have a timeout. I just sent two of our players down because we, we had to have two guys on the free throw line as Balo was going to shoot his foul shots. And I was able to get the other three guys and draw something up quickly that, that uh, you know, the, on, on the board. And uh, I had the guy that was taking it out. He knew he was taking it out. I knew there was a guy setting the screen and the guy wanted to get the shot. He at least had 45 seconds to a minute to think about taking the type of shot he was going to take. And I hope that helped him. You know, I, I would give 99.9% of the credit to him, but maybe there's one, you know, one-tenth of a percent for uh, for actually drawing it up. All right, so why don't we talk for a minute about the guy who took the shot, Desmond Cambridge. He admitted, Bobby, that he didn't think it was going in. When it left his hand, did you think it had a chance of going down? How did it look to you? Yeah, I just, he, he, it was a very relaxed possession for a very high stress game. And, and, and if the final possession, uh, you know, we were able to comfortably throw the ball in to, to Des and he was a, you know, able to comfortably dribble his way into the rhythm of the shot. And then when it left his hands, it just like was tracking. And that's the best way I could describe. I couldn't even move because it was looking good and you just don't know how it's going to play out, but it was, like from my vantage point, it looked like it had a legit shot. And, uh, and then, you know, when it went in, we just, you know, we obviously went nuts, but he did actually, I was watching the UCLA, our first UCLA game at our place um, early in the season. We were 15 and three and six and one, and they were obviously undefeated and and top five. And uh, it was a huge game for us in our building and uh, similar situation. End of half, we threw him the ball and he, he, he jumped off his right leg and, and sunk a, a half-court shot at the buzzer versus UCLA to go up 35-30 at halftime. And uh, so he's done it before already in, in, in a similar spot. That's not right, though, right? right? If you're right-handed, you don't want to be shooting off that right leg, do you? No, it's, it's not like the dominant leg. Usually for a righty, you would, you'd always shoot in that situation off the left leg. And that's – I've been meaning to ask him that, and I'm going to get Maybe you that shouldn't. Eventually. Dude, maybe you shouldn't ask him. Yeah, just don't even, like, put that thought in his mind, right? Just to, <laughs> yeah. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. The, the thing about that is, though, you know this. You know this as well as anybody. Fact is, and maybe this might surprise some people, not everybody wants the ball in the big moment. Not everybody wants the ball on the big stage. I'm guessing you would tell me that Dez is a guy who does. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got a big heart, and, he, uh, and he's got tremendous confidence. And uh, he's a guy, like, in our practices that – if you step to him with some trash talk, man, he'd fit right in the jungle and he would be ready for it, uh, for talking some trash and he'll step right to you. He's got like total confidence and, and belief in himself. And, uh, 
you know, he, uh, I know he said he didn't think it was going in, but I'm sure as he was thinking prior to taking it, man, I want to, I want to be the guy to take the shot. Bobby, you might correct me on this. And I know it's not maybe something you're conscious of in that moment, but I guess taking a step back or being where I am right now, I could argue possibly that when you're down 10 with six and a half minutes to go, maybe, maybe you're playing for your entire season. Now, of course, you're not going to tell them that, but how much did they show you in the way they fought back in that hostile environment down double digits with six and a half minutes to go and maybe with your season on the line? Yeah. I mean, they've been clutch like that all year and they've, they are very, very gritty, very resilient group. It's, uh, you know, we had early season game with VCU and we, you know, we held them without a field goal the last nine minutes of the game and uh, just kind of shut them out. And we were down 12, uh, you know, about eight minutes left in that game and uh, up in Brooklyn in a tournament. And we were down 14, uh, down 15 at the half at Colorado and Boulder, such a hard place to play, especially with the altitude and everything. And so the guys fought back and Des actually, uh, you know, hit a game winner in that game as well. So we've, we've, uh, you know, we've relied on our defense and our ability to get stops. And I think we held Arizona without a field goal the last five minutes. And uh, that's the type of team we've been. Our defense has been outstanding all year and it gives us a chance to win even when, uh, you know, we're down in a basketball game. Well, right, Bobby, obviously. And your shots aren't going to fall every single night. So if you can always rely on your defense, that's a big thing. Listen, this is a team with talent. This is a team with 20 wins. This is a team that, as you point out, got up to such a great, great start. How much of a shot of confidence can a win like this do for this group, especially this time of year? Well, when you look at a team like Arizona, you, you know what their ranking is and what they've done the last two years and how many games they've won. And geez, they, they were 30 and one at the McHale Center under Tommy Lloyd going into our game. So to go in there and do something like that is special. And it, it shows them instantly that if our game is right and, and we have the right approach and we believe and we play together the way we did on Saturday, that we could beat any team in the country. Because, uh, you know, pretty soon here after this week, we're going to neutral courts and there isn't that that significant home court advantage. And if you could go on the road and beat a team like Arizona on a neutral court, I think we could beat anybody if, if we're right. Bobby, it's not up to you, of course. It's totally out of your hands, in fact. But do you think that win in and of itself, well, not in and of itself, but giving your body a work, and then that win, should that put you in the NCAA tournament? Have you done enough? I, I mean, I feel we have. Now, I mean, we, we're going to go try and win all these games, and we're going to tr try and go win the Pac-12 tournament. That's been our mindset. But um, I'm not sure how, they, how the committee is going to evaluate all this stuff. What are they going to prioritize? There's a lot of like unknowns when it comes to that. I mean, bracketologists have us like either right in or right out. And I guess that's where we are. But I, I do feel like, you know, we have nine quad one and quad two wins combined. We're nine and eight in those games. And there are some other teams that lack, you know, those quality wins that we have. We only have one bad loss and it was our third game of the season on the road. In a, uh, at Texas Southern, and it was our first game without Marcus Bagley, and so dealing with that was was a struggle in that game. But uh, certainly, uh, I think we put together a great year. We've proven that we could win true road games, winning at Oregon, at Colorado, at Arizona, and then we have you know we have neutral site wins versus Creighton, Michigan, and uh, and VCU, which are all really good teams having really good seasons. So um, I feel like we are, but uh, some other leagues are rated higher than the Pac-12, and they're going to have more, I guess, 
chances to to win quality games and they get a pass if they lose like six in a row or something which we would never be afforded that luxury i don't think no i think i think you're right i think that's real talk and i think you're right now the good news is you've got a really good resume and a chance to add to that resume before you go so you've got ucla apollo thursday night before we talk about that matchup bobby i want to get your thoughts on mick cronin i mean I'm going to be straight about this. I love the guy. I love the guy. I think he's a hell of a coach. Where do you come out on Mick and the sort of culture he develops and the program he runs? I've always been a huge fan of Mick Cronin. And I, even before I was in coaching, I was always admired how, how hard his teams play and compete. What he did at Cincinnati. And he's got his assistant coach, uh, Darren Savino, who's uh, his associate head coach. That's a really good friend of mine. That's uh grew up down the street for me and we, we played basketball together at St. Anthony high school for my dad. And uh, so I'm always rooting for, for UCLA and Darren and Mick when I'm not uh, competing against them, but uh, he is uh, just really gets his guys to buy in, to play hard, to play the right way. Uh, you know, rock, you know, really tough rock solid type of uh, approach um, blue collar with, with how they defend. And uh, you know, he's just, you know, he instills just a ton of toughness, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's kind of contrary to, you know, the West Coast vibe, man. He brings a different style out there, which uh, not a lot of people see a guy that, that coaches as hard and gets his team to play as, as tough as, as Mick does. So he's done a terrific job at UCLA for sure. I agree with you, Bobby. I'd say the same thing about you, though. As an East Coast guy, you kind of also are counterintuitive to that that West Coast kind of thing, like with that grind and the intensity. You know, you said this. You go, look, we love it here. We love it here. Things are great here. Arizona's great. I mean, bottom line, the coaching carousel is going to spin every single year. There's going to be opportunities on the East Coast every single year. Your name comes up, so I'm just going to ask you point blank. Are you in a good place in the place you are? Or if the phone rings, do you kind of owe it to yourself to pick it up? I think I'm just living in the moment right now, and, and um, I, I'm all in at Arizona State, You know, what, especially what we just did. I mean, just like people meeting our bus when we got back to campus and and just all the text messages and emails from from fans and people that that love Arizona State that that were so appreciative of what we accomplished on Saturday and and have noticed that that this program has made progress and that you know we've had great seasons you know beating Kansas at Kansas a few years back and have gone to a you know we would have been three NCAA tournaments uh, if the season wasn't canceled with COVID uh, a few years ago. So we've been doing some things that, that uh, have, haven't been done here before. And uh, I have one more year on my contract. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be a time that that will be discussed with our administration. But uh, I'm just focusing on finishing this team, finishing this season at, at the highest level I can for, for Arizona State. I appreciate that. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. 
quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Bobby, one last thought. I talked to Coach K not long ago. It's amazing, isn't it? Like you're talking about how you feel like you're in your prime. I'm older than you, and I'm feeling like, man, how do I reinvent? How do I transform? What do you make of Mike Krzyzewski doing what he did as long as he did and doing it on so many different levels with so many different players into his 70s? I mean, it's fucking mind-blowing, right? Yeah, it's insane. And and again, I I had a a skewed perspective because I, like, I was 18-2 and in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you know, we kind of made it look easy. We got, I got the three national championships in a row and like now in, in my current job, you know, I started at Wagner college. I was at Rhode Island for a year. I took over at Buffalo for two years and, and now I'm here just, just knowing how hard it is to win like any game. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and, and the way he did it with the longevity that he did it and at the level he did and, to all the final fours and championships with like you touched on just a lot of different players. And he navigated his way through bringing one and done type guys in, which was something he was a little reluctant to, to go for earlier in his career. And so he evolved as, as there was a lot of change within the game and he did it over decades. And it's uh, amazing. Bobby indulge me on this one last one. We'll walk off because you mentioned the four games on top of this game that stand out in your mind. You mentioned UNLV, and I say indulge me because I think, and I think you'll relate to this, when you think about your college career as a player and when you were younger, man, the formative years are so awesome. I'm not saying that it's the best time of our life, but it's one of the best times of our life. And when I was younger and I got my start in Santa Barbara and I went to UCSB, those UNLV teams would roll into our so-called Thunderdome, and Jerry Tarkanian would go up against Jerry Pym, and these were some of the fondest memories of my entire life. And you went up against those great UNLV teams, that game you mentioned. I'm curious, what was it like when you think back and you think about the likes of Grandmama, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt, Mo Scurry, those, those UNLV teams, like when they came into our place, Bobby was like the L.A. Lakers, like they were a pro yeah. team. What do you remember about those squads and that amoeba defense that Tim Gergerich used to teach? Yeah, I mean, that first year, my freshman year, I mean, I was knocked on my ass in that game. That was, uh, I mean, that was a brutal game to have to go through, just the embarrassment of it. I mean, they made us suffer in that game. It was uh, it was painful, man. They, they were flying up and down the court, and uh, I was the last line of defense. They were throwing lobs and dunking it. I couldn't make a shot. I mean, I was dreadful in that game, and I had to suffer uh, – the humiliation of it, you know, in front of 20 million people, which wasn't easy to handle as a young person. And, you know, I, I worked my ass off in the off season to, to, to get better and to be better and uh, have another chance at them. The next year we, we added Grant Hill and we needed like someone like him that from an athletic standpoint could compete with those guys because they were so quick twitch and they were up and down the court. They had physicality with LJ and then they, you know, the guard play, Greg Anthony was terrific. They had shooting. I mean, they had it all. So we just had to go in there and play like a near perfect game. And that's what it would take to beat them. And and we got very close. Shit, Bobby, one last thought. You mentioned Grant. I promise I'll let you go. I talked to Grant not long ago also. You know, there's always this talk about the goat this, the goat that, the goat this. Man, how awesome before he got hurt and even the courage he showed in kind of reinventing himself and learning how to play through. How awesome a player was Grant? 
Yeah, I mean, he was such, I mean, as, as good a player as he's, he's a better person. And just, uh, he was a guy that, like, when I went to college with him, I thought he, if he wanted to, he could be president of the United States someday. Like, just he, he, he was so intelligent. He was so, like, as a teammate, he was an unbelievable teammate. As good as he was, as talented he was, he never made it about him. And, uh, you know, always, you know, was allowed the other guys to be good, you know, even though he was head and shoulders above everybody from a talent standpoint. Um, and then like, he was a guy like we couldn't even get him to have a beer after the, the national champion, after we won the second championship. And he had, you know, he had promised us he would, and then he, he backed out at the last minute. So he's, I mean, he played a piano on the road and in the hotels. Like he was an amazing, you know, is an amazing person, but, uh, yeah, like you just, I, I know what he went through uh, because I dealt with a lot of injuries and I understand the level of frustration you could get from going through something like that. But he was, uh, with his triple doubles and what he was doing prior to getting hurt, it was crazy. But I, I loved his his resiliency that he, you know, fought through all those injuries and put together a great career despite, you know, being a shell of himself physically. It shows like his makeup is just off the charts. That's incredible. And I never heard the anecdote about how he wouldn't have the beer even though he said he would. That's incredible. Bobby, listen, this this is why I wanted to get caught up. I understood how I miss you or I missed you at Super Bowl and Radio Row, but I'm so glad that we could spend this time and get caught up. Man, I appreciate you so much. Great to have you on. Good luck this week in Los Angeles, and I really appreciate you spending this much time. Awesome, Jim. Let's do it again soon, my man. Big thanks to my guy, Bobby Hurley, for carving out some extended time during crunch time of the college basketball season and for being up for a conversation basically spanning 30 years of college hoops. And if you're looking for more awesome conversations like that one, just keep it locked right here because we are pumping out a brand new app every single week, such as episode 258, which is going to drop next week. If you take a second right now and you subscribe, that app and all future apps will find their way directly to you and you never have to worry about tracking another one down yourself. So find that subscribe button if you could, smash it, and I will catch you next week for episode 258 of the Jim Rome Podcast. Thanks so much. We're out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.